Welcome back to the Mob Squad Pod, home of your 2022 NFC champion, Los Angeles Rams. This is episode 42, and we've got a full crew tonight. We've got me, we've got Aaron, we've got Manny. What's up, boys? What's going Don't on? Don't all man? talk at once. <laughs> How you doing, bud? Super Bowl! Super I'm Bowl. riding high. Yep, I'm fucking riding oh, yeah. high, dude. It's nice having Manny back this week. Yeah, we can actually I, uh, hear him too, so that's good. I want to apologize. I must have pressed the wrong button. Yeah, it's all good. We're here now. So that game, I mean, the last two games have taken everything out of me. I don't think as a fan, I've got any emotion left to give. So I don't know how I'm going to feel for this Super Bowl. I might just be dead inside. I, I don't know. But I, I just don't have anything left. They're, these games are stressing me out to the max, and I've got nothing left to give. I I just, these games are blowing me away with the amount of drama. And it's not just Rams games. It's like literally every game this postseason has been bananas. So the Super Bowl is either going to be the cherry on top, and it's going to be amazing, or it's just going to be an absolute letdown and it's going to suck. I, I have no idea. Um, obviously, we're not going to get into the Super Bowl preview because we've got a week before that even happens. We've got some time to let this breathe, soak up our victory, and we'll kind of do like a preview next week. I will say right now, just from the hip, I, I this is going to sound stupid, but I see this game going one of two ways. I, one being super competitive and back and forth, and it could be anybody's game. But on the other side, I could easily see the Rams absolutely dominating this game and it not even being close whatsoever. Like, I can't remember what Super Bowl it was, but that one Super Bowl when it was like the Broncos and like it was like the Seahawks or something, or the Broncos and Panthers, and it was just like over by halftime. Um, was the Seahawks. Was it? Okay. Well, good. Yeah. They deserve it. Um <laughs> I totally the Seahawks, the Seahawks won. <laughs> oh, well, damn it. Yeah. All right. We'll edit well, I mean, that out. If you, if you no, but I mean, if you kind of recall like that game with the Seahawks and Broncos ended on the first snap, like the ball went over Payne's head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I, I totally see the Super Bowl potentially going that way. And the only reason I say that is because Joe Burrow's offensive line is pretty much non-existent. So if our pass rush can get there, I mean, he's going to die. He'll literally be a body on the field. And I love Joe Burrow. I hope I hope good things for him. But this Super Bowl could like be the death of him. He could die. Uh, Von Miller and Aaron Donald could eat him for lunch. So we'll see. We'll get to that next week. Anyway, what a game. What a game. Um, were you guys able to watch the whole game? Absolutely. Every single snap, every single second, man. It's just... I, I kind of tamed myself, guys, because I knew that it was a 60-minute game. But as much as the Rams actually did so well, um, I guess, off, you know, offensively f with the first three drives, but unfortunately only scoring, what was it, just that one touchdown and whatnot, I knew that at some point somebody on defense had to make a play, right, because they had no sacks. Um, but, it, man, it, was, it, it, it kind of reminded me of, you know, of course – Everybody knows I'm an Eagles fan, but um, the last time the Eagles were in this type of uh, game, 
we actually blew out the Vikings in the second half. This game just seemed like maybe the Niners had an opportunity to just steamroll us, man. But um, every single game just had it. I mean, sorry, every single snap just had its moment, man. And I mean, well, if you were not a fan of these teams, you you actually enjoyed the game. If you were rooting for one of these teams, my goodness, man, the the anxiety, the heart rate, you screaming at the television set, it must not have been nice. Yeah. Um, this was a game where it was a tale of two halves because if you just watched the first half, you would have thought the Rams, there's no effing way they're winning this game. Absolutely no way. But then the second half Rams were like kind of a different team. They just like, turned it on and it wasn't like an immediate thing it still started pretty rough in the second half and coming into Sunday night the Rams had only done a 10-point comeback once under Sean McVay and they were down 17 to 7 at one point so the writing was kind of on the wall and just by some of the things that were happening in the game and the flow it didn't look like the Rams were going to win this one and you know, as a Rams fan, you had the six and O thing in the back of your mind and we just can't seem to beat these guys. And so that started to kind of set in just as a, as a fan, I don't know how the players felt obviously, but I know as a fan, I was like, Oh my God, here we go again. We're going to lose to these bums. These guys aren't even that good. Uh, you know, like obviously their defense is good, but uh, their offense doesn't do anything for me other than, than Debo. So it definitely was a, a game of like two different teams. The The first half Rams and the second half Rams were like two totally different teams. Did you guys kind of pick up on that? Uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if I picked up on that so much. I mean, the first half, I'll tell you at halftime, I was worried with, I thought the Rams played decent in the first half. I mean, their offense wasn't great. Um, I felt their time of possession it was completely lopsided. The Rams were controlling the game, the major, you know, most of that first half controlling the entire game and the defense wasn't playing terrible. Uh, and yeah, the offense wasn't great again, but um, no, I thought the first half the Rams played good and they're still losing. And I was like, Holy shit, they're losing. And they played a pretty decent first half. Uh, and now they got to go into the second half and then immediately they're down by an additional seven points. And again, too, Matt Gay, he kicked, I, I'm worried about his leg, like his yeah. distance. He had another, what, 52 yard. I can't remember how far it was. I think it was like 52, 54. It was 54. And yeah. It was not only was it off to the right. Yeah. Uh, it, wasn't even it, close. it was short too. I was yeah, like, Oh my close. God, it was short again. Yeah, Aaron, so, just one more thing with that, though. And, guys, we have to just talk about this. Like, some decisions that Sean McVay did, man. It just reminded me, Nick, of when we're always talking about when a coach like him just does things out of the ordinary, right? Like, certain calls he, he didn't do in the wild card and things like that. And, yes, they were totally you know, not the same game. But some calls that he did, it just made me realize, man, this is the old bad Sean McVay coming out right now in the most crucial time of the season. I'm so sorry, Aaron. Please yeah, go ahead. No, that's 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 true. You do make a good statement. And I know we were um, at least I was shooting some text messages to to Nick and, and Manny here. And Manny was the one that kind of responding back because Nick was freaking out over on his end. Yeah, but, no, I, uh, I was getting I frustrated and it felt like I was watching a lot of. Um, I don't know. Somebody told me that uh, I saw somebody post something about, you know, if the referees would start calling holding on defense, the 49ers would have won that game. But I didn't, 
I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Either way, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, thank God the Rams picked it up in the fourth quarter. You could tell from an offensive standpoint, first half, the Rams didn't, they started slow the first half, zero points in the first quarter, seven points in the second quarter. And then again, in the second half started off slow, zero points in the third quarter. Thank God for what was it? The 13 points in the, uh, or sorry, third quarter. Yeah. And then 13 points in the fourth, fourth quarter. So, um, slow starts, both halves. Uh, thankfully they finished out strong. Yeah. The, uh, the reason I say that, and, and I agree with you, the, the thing that made it really frustrating in the first half was if you looked at time of possession and stuff like that, it made no sense that the Rams were losing. And that's kind of why I, w- I was getting so frustrated because it's like, we're better than these guys We're we, we should beat these guys, but for some reason we keep getting in our own way and we're not doing it. And it, st- it started with Stafford and it looked like it was going to be a bad Stafford game because the offense was going down the field. Everything was looking good. And then what does Stafford do? He throws an interception in the end zone and it was a bad ball. He shouldn't have thrown it. It was too tight of a window. It was right Nick, over the middle. The, it, it got in, tipped and it got in picked. The mid, in the middle of the field, Nick, where everybody is at, and the ball didn't even reach the end zone, right? I mean, there's no way in hell you that that play was meant to throw it a cup in a slant going inside with all those bodies there. I I I, I like the thing that got me so so just out of my seat was, you know, you got there by running the football. Great runs, by the way. You finally get in the red zone. You get inside the five, and you decide not to do a single play action, right? And it's like, why not do what, what's what been working, which has been the play action passes to your tight ends? And I understand that Higby left the game, but Bland has been stepping up left and right. You've got to do some type of play action, at least one play, right? Or at least run the football in, in a power set which they basically just basically ran it off tackle and that was it. And then the third and goal call, you're going to throw it over the middle with all those bodies, man, and press coverage. I mean, that right there started, you know, with me saying, come on, Sean, really? You're really going to call that on third and goal? Yeah, that that moment in the game was um, my first like, uh-oh, uh, what are we doing? That, that was a doy-doy Stafford play. That was like a Detroit Stafford, like, what are you doing, dude? Um, so – that happened, and then it, it got worse at that point. It didn't get any better. The fourth possession, right before halftime, it looked like we were kind of getting our momentum back again, and then we have two potential touchdowns that are dropped, and that's not really what this team does. Our receivers might not be the fastest guys, might not be the most explosive wide receivers in the league, but they all have good hands. They all make catches. We all expect them to make catches. And the first one was on a crossing route to Cup, and he's you can't argue he's been one of, if not the best receivers in the league, and he dropped it. Straight up just dropped it. Then the second one was a deep shot over the middle to Ben Skoranek, who was wide open by himself, could have bought land and set up a house in the end zone. Ball hits him right in the hands and then hits the ground. So that right there was like, oh God, what are we doing? Uh, this isn't looking good. And and then Nick, I got I mad. Have, I, mm-hmm. No, I'm no, no. So go ahead, dude. Go ahead. Cut you off. I, I I just I've never seen a game the way that this was turning out for the Rams on the amount of mistakes. 
that kept occurring, right? I mean, if there's anything that we've pinpointed in the in the first two games of this playoff season was the holding penalties on offense was keeping you back. Then all of a sudden you have two potential touchdowns that just because you couldn't locate the football and, you know, if you catch that, I mean, Cooper Cup has gone to the house. I'm sorry. And I can't even. Oh, yeah, that was going to be a house name. call if he catches that ball. I don't doubt it. Yeah. So I, I, I just, you know, that it's so weird because you're like, what, what is it? Like, how is this happening on the same drive where two potential touchdowns are off the board, right? And then if I remember correctly, on, on the very next drive, that's when the Niners scored off a Debo screen, man. Like, oh, uh, it's just uh, one of those things you just got to swallow as a fan and be like, it's a 60-minute game. It's a 60-minute game. Yeah. So while I'm on the subject of Ben Skoranek, um, just as a note to Sean McVay, if you happen to hear this, can we not draw plays for Ben Skoranek in the end zone? I get that that probably wasn't designed for him, but can we not have plays where he's the guy in the end zone? Can we literally have anybody else? Because the guy is a special teamer. Okay. I, I don't want to see end zone plays for Ben Skoranek. Can we not do that anymore? Thank you. Uh, so that was also the same drive to make things even worse. That's the drive that Aaron was talking about where Matt Gay came out for the 54 yarder and missed. And again, Sean McVay, if you're listening, can we not put our kicker in a position where he has to hit a 54 yard field goal? And if he misses the other team gets great field position with time on the clock and, t- and timeouts remaining. Can we not do that? Cause that's kind of stupid. Uh, so that pissed me off. Uh, I like, like Manny said earlier, this wasn't a great coaching exhibition by Sean McVay. And I am really starting to, I don't want to say lose confidence, but I'm revoking the genius card from McVay. I'm tired of people calling him a genius. I'm not doing it anymore. He's really good. I'm not calling him a genius anymore. If anyone calls him a genius, I'm going to challenge him on it because this game I mean, alone. He was a genius in picking up OBJ. I will no, no, give him no. credit they, for that. Like I said, very <laughs> good coach. Season. Yeah, very good season. coach. I like him. I'm glad we have him. But I'm not using the genius card anymore. He's not a genius because there are some moves in this game alone where we could have lost because of some of the shit that he did. So that was one of them. I'm like, all right, dude, uh, what are we doing here? Uh, can we play smart? If we're not going to you know, catch touchdown passes, can we play smart at least? Um, so we don't get any points there. And then of course, like, uh, Manny mentioned, give up the screenplay and then the, uh, Niners score again. And they, and then they, they go up 10 to seven at the break. So not only did we not score on three different occasions on that drive, we also gave up three more. And so literally that entire first half, we had every reason to be winning and we weren't. So obviously going to the half, I was, I was pretty much almost resigned to the fact that we just weren't going to win. Um, but second half, it kind of started to turn around. It wasn't pretty, but it started to turn around. So again, we get into the McVay stuff, doing some just stupid decisions and, and stupid calls. Uh, Sean McVay had only challenged an official like coaches challenge once the entire season. And then for some reason in this game, he started panicking like crazy and was just chasing anything he could to try and get momentum and get the team back in the game. But he was doing it in just 
atrocious ways. He wasted a timeout on a super dumb challenge on Matt Stafford's uh, fourth down quarterback sneak. I don't know who told him to do that, but it clearly wasn't a first down. But they challenged it, and he, and we lost. So not only did we lose a challenge there, we lose a timeout. Then he called uh, another timeout when the play clock was running, and it was on a first down. So pretty inexcusable. How does that happen? Not sure, but inexcusable. And then our last timeout that you would love to have for the fourth quarter, he burned it on another challenge for a Kyle Juszczyk fumble that wasn't even a fumble. So... Like I said, the whole genius thing and, and all that, I'm revoking that because there were definitely some times in this game where McVay was actively kind of working against the team. Uh, I don't know, and maybe you guys can answer this because, Aaron, you're a Raiders fan, and, and Manny, you're an Eagles guy. I don't know how your coaching staffs do things for, for you guys, and I'm not entirely sure how the Rams do it, but I would assume Sean McVay has a guy upstairs that tells him, hey, we need to review this, or hey, that's questionable. Well, well Nick, it's, it's been reported that every team has that, right? I mean, I even tweeted it from our Mob Squad account on Twitter. I said, whoever's the one telling Coach to challenge us should be fired right after the game, because now you've left them with no timeouts for the remainder of the half. Like, that right there is just inexcusable in an NFC Championship game. You could see before McVeigh even throws that red flag, because they – put the camera on him. He's standing yeah. there with the flag in his hand yeah. or, you know, yeah. yeah, he's got it in his hand and, and he's Aaron, talking to somebody. Aaron, he is nodding. Right. Which tells me he's getting something in his ear telling yeah. him. To no, do he it. is. And then you and look like, at the he's replay. Talking. Then you look at the replay and there's no way in heck you can possibly say after watching a replay, Oh, he wasn't down. Are you yeah. kidding me with this crap? I was like, like don't on. throw that damn flag out there do not challenge it for the love of god and then it's like oh he's challenging it yeah, I well, mean, there goes another timeout oh that's our last one for sean McVay not to notice this guys that this game was basically played off momentum who had the momentum right it felt like a game in basketball you had a team go up on a 6-0 run and the other team went on an 8-0 run it's like which one was going to give the last punch and he just basically really didn't want to give a punch. He wanted to give opportunities to the other team by doing dumb mistakes. And it's like, dude, like, why are you reverting to these things at this particular moment, man? Come on. Like, this is, oh. And then don't even get me started on the defense in the first half. But, hey, they came back and they won. And, of course, but, Nick, I, I, I think I, I wasn't with you, Nick, on the whole genius thing. But now I'm starting to understand why you said that. And I guess for this particular game, I have to agree with you. Now, if he comes out and redeems himself play calling wise in the Super Bowl, then I might change my thought of that, right? Because of course, it's really hard to win a, to win any game. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, at least for this game, his, his his whole outsmarting the other person on the other sidelines card should be revoked at least for two weeks until he proves us wrong. Yeah, I don't know who that was in his ear. Uh, short of it being Stan Kroenke himself, that dude should be replaced, demoted, fired, whatever. I don't know who it was that gave him that info, but they should be held accountable for that because that easily could have cost us the game. Not having timeouts and not having challenges in the third and fourth quarter of an NFC Championship game is kind of a big deal. However, comma... We erased a 10-point deficit in the fourth quarter. We scored 13 unanswered points, and we won the game. So all that being said, 
what a hell of an effort by by special teams by you have to credit the whole team because the whole team came together and 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 made that happen and it wasn't all like rams like the 49ers definitely left this game for us to win the i will say too while i'm on this subject um fred warner that hit that he had on uh matthew stafford after he threw that pick in the first quarter that was a dirty fucking play um i'm still irritated about it and i'm gonna hate that dude for the rest of my life and i don't know how in this year's nfl with all the flags we've seen for people breathing on quarterbacks and getting um roughing the passer calls how that's not called in that game i don't understand but that that play just irritated the hell out of me. Um, but the whole reason that was even on my mind was because in the second half, the 49ers were basically trying to give us the game with stupid penalties. And uh, I would say Kyle Shanahan coached kind of scared, honestly. Um, but there was the penalty on OBJ when it was a absolute defenseless receiver. And if this was college rules, Manny would will tell you because he's, you know, the college football guy, that that would be a targeting call in college, and that guy would have gotten ejected. That yeah, play our, was uh, our that was ridiculous, right, Manny? Tell me I'm wrong. That would that would have been targeting in college. Am I right? If this was NCAA football, it was clear targeting. He leaped and led towards the player with his helmet, with the crown of his helmet, and he lowered it. I mean, there wasn't any more evidence you could possibly give. Just look at the replay. Um, I believe it was Ward who did that. He would have definitely been ejected for the remaining of the game. Um, and again, one thing on Warner, great linebacker, but you're a bitch for doing this. You are an absolute bitch for doing that, man. And it's sad to see that if that was any other quarterback, what if it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you name it, I'm sure the damn flag would have been thrown. But I don't for that hit that. to happen for that hit to happen on Matthew Stafford away from the football, not even in anywhere near the vicinity, and to for him to get hit like that and no penalty is called, Warner, you're a bitch, bro. Well, you know what, too, and right after the game was over, like immediately after the game was over, he goes to and tells the reporters, "Oh, you know what? I t- I just saw what I did in that play, and I just want people to know I'm not a dirty player. I didn't mean for it to be like that." So he yeah. already knew. Yeah, what he had done, and that was his way of trying to cover his ass after the game. So he was very aware. Of what if you did. have to say that you're a dirty player or you're not a dirty player, I'm sorry, then you're a dirty player. That that's the way that works. If you have to say I'm not a dirty player, you're a dirty player. That's the that's just it is what it is, man. Like if the shoe fits, wear it. So that guy can tear his ACL every season uh, here from here on out, as far as I'm concerned, and I don't care. Um, so that play happens, and that ended up being, if I remember correctly, that ended up being a 45-yard play because it was a 30-yard catch by OBJ, which was a phenomenal catch by itself. The fact that he took that hit, caught the ball still, and then stayed in the game because, like Manny said, if you watch that replay, that's a pretty dirty hit. I don't know how he didn't get knocked the hell out on that. The fact that he caught the ball and was still conscious and stayed in that game and never like went in the blue tent or anything, Kudos to you, dude. Uh, what a hell of a pickup for this team. Uh, I think a lot of people had given up on OBJ, but um, what a hell of a pickup. And uh, so that was a huge swing because, like I said, you get the thirty point re- or the thirty yard reception, then you get the fifteen yards tacked onto that. Then I think we all know 
what happened late in the game where Stafford airmailed a throw over the middle. And I don't know what he was doing or what happened on the play, but it ended up right in the hands of, I believe it was Jaquaski Tart. And it couldn't have been more just and nobody around you in the backyard, catch a ball. Like this dude's probably done this a hundred times in practice and catches it a hundred times out of a hundred. But somehow the football gods were shining down on us and the ball hit the ground. And uh, you could tell, at least I could watching the rest of the game, you could tell that it was kind of in his head. I don't know if you guys kind of picked up on just body language and stuff, but it certainly looked like he was kind of hanging his head in between plays. His teammates were kind of coming up to him and like, hey, man, it's cool. Like you could tell they were patting him on the back, doing all that. So you could tell that that was like another huge shift where the game's not necessarily over, even if he picks it off. But the odds of us winning probably go down significantly if he does pick that off, right? Oh, he's still kicking himself for it right now. He probably will be kicking himself for it for a long time. And I mean, that was the easiest Aaron, interception you could imagine getting. I mean, Ramsey dropped one later on, but it wasn't That was my not, point. <laughs> yeah, but like this was like nobody around him. He wasn't really even moving. The ball was basically thrown right to him. And he just, yeah, it, almost, there, it almost looked like a punt. But yeah. what about the drop that Cup had? The ball hit him right in the hands. I, I, I mean, I mean, like for okay, for most that don't know, we do have a Twitter account. It's at Mob Squad Pod. So please give us a follow there. I actually joined a Niner space after the game just to hear their sorry asses complain. But I am gonna say this, man. Niner Nate that hosted that space. What a terrific um, man he is. I appreciate him letting Rams fans join. But my thing to them was this. It was, yeah, that must, that might have changed the whole game plan or like the whole complexion of the game. But what about the drop passes that we had in the first half? Like what if the Rams are leading 21 to 10 instead of trailing 10 to 7, right? Maybe the second half is a different type of deal. So, you know, as, as much as a crucial drop interception, you know, in the fourth quarter occurred, I mean, we should also revisit a lot of stuff that happened in the first half and not say, man, but that could have been, you know, game changer. It just feels like both teams, again, they wanted to lose the game, you know, in my honest opinion. Both teams didn't want to blow the other one out. They were like, no, this game's too good. We got half, you know, half Niner fans in here, half Rams fans in here, which, by the way, that's still, I mean, I know that's not the real truth. But, man, kudos to those Rams fans that actually made some noise in the fourth quarter because, man, at the beginning of that game, when I saw all that red, my eyes were bleeding. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah. No, but yeah. still, it, you know, things could have bounced here and there. But at the end of the day, you know, when the Niners couldn't get a stop when the Rams kicked a field goal and when the Niners got the ball back, it was basically, listen, it's Jimmy Garoppolo here, right? Like, all you, you know what you got to do, right? It, it's, it's not like he's going to go deep on you um, unless he, you know, he magically – sustains that old Jimmy G, you know, venue of throwing the ball down the field, down, you know, 40 yards and it's completed. It's not going to happen with him. So. So the, the way the game finally kind of wraps up the, there's kind of two critical moments. So first one being it's third and three and the Rams need a first down to keep the drive alive and get into field goal range and cup hauled in a 25 yard catch uh, over Kwan Williams and broke a tackle and picked up 25 yards. Huge play. Needed that. Absolutely needed that. 
So then the next part that we needed was our defense to step up. And what we've been saying the past couple of weeks is this defense is predicated and built on pass rush. They hadn't really done a whole lot in the game. They kept getting close and there was like flashes, but nothing crazy, nothing big. And what ends up happening is we finally start getting some pass rush and Aaron Donald starts kind of popping off and Von Miller's kind of popping off. And then in the biggest moment, we get some pressure from Donald and he's about ready to get Garoppolo on the ground. And then Jimmy G and in his infinite wisdom thought, I need to get this ball off. So he did like this weird sidearm behind the back 360 no scope thing. And he tried to get it to hasty bounces off his hands. And then who of all people, but Traven Howard picked him off. It was on third down with a minute and 19 left to play. And that was it. That was all she wrote game. So, um, I, I thought to myself when that happened, obviously I was super excited, but the thing that struck me was, I don't know if Manny remembers this. I don't think Aaron was with us at the, at the time when we did that episode, but, uh, we've been saying for years now that the Rams don't have linebackers. We, we, we just don't have them. We've <laughs> never like, really invested I in them. Think, uh, I, I think we actually been saying that since episode one and that we missed, uh, you know, James Laurinaitis and AJ Hawk. <laughs> and yeah, we've, uh, been, we've been talking about it since the uh, draft days. <laughs> Early and one of the talks. things, I, I mean, the day the, the day the Rams let go of Corey Littleton, I almost lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, and uh, the, well, of course one you of the, are. <laughs> yeah, well, you can say that because you're a Raiders fan. Obviously, good for you. Um, but the thing that struck me was I remember specifically saying in one of our episodes, and it was one of the very early ones. I was reading off the depth chart, and I was like listen to some of these names. Who the hell are these guys? They're, you know, and one of them was Traven Howard. The guy was, no offense to him, he was a nobody. He was like a fourth string linebacker that had done nothing in his NFL career, hadn't shown any promise. But this season, when he's had his opportunities, he's been really good. And of all people, we have Aaron Donald, we have Von Miller, we have Jalen Ramsey, um, Greg Gaines, Taylor Rapp, Jordan Fuller, all these guys on the defense. And who is it that steps up and makes that play when we needed it the most? Traven Howard. Unbelievable. Aaron Donald. Well, yeah, Aaron Donald, obviously. But the fact that he, we saw earlier in the game, we saw Jalen Ramsey drop a pick and we saw uh, Tart drop a pick. So the fact that Traven Howard was the guy that finally made a play and sealed the deal it's just like this team full of stars and all this lead up to the super bowl you're never gonna hear Traven howard's name again no one's gonna talk about him no one's gonna bring him up or say that he's important or a key or anything like that but if he doesn't make that play who knows where we are may i vent a little bit on this play yeah our man howard had a pick six to the end zone man what the hell was Gaines doing tackling him? Eh. Come on, man. You gotta you, you can't do that. You gotta get him in the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> he, he picked it off. He had two guys to beat. He already went. He, he he made a cut and Gaines tackles him. Like, come on, man. You gotta you can't do that. There's like, there's I, the risk on. of him fumbling though, right? No, man, you gotta there's you gotta enjoy risk. the moment. Get it, get your ass in the end zone. 
Come on. It's about, the team. it's about the team, not the individualism. No, but get down. I'm let them. I, I see where you're coming from, but I, I, I thought agree. the same thing though. Yeah. yeah I, I see where you're coming from, but I agree <laughs> with Aaron in that moment. You have the ball and the 49ers don't have, I think they only had one timeout remaining at that point. So at that point, just get the ball, get the hell down, you know, so I, I I would agree with Aaron, but I do see your point because you you know if we were down and that happens, uh, who knows? But yeah, I I, I yeah. definitely see where you're coming from. But it would have been I just a, thought a more it, exciting finish if you would have scored a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously. listen, I was, was I was ready to already. pull. <laughs> very funny, Aaron. I was ready to pull my hair out of my head if, if I saw Reader trying to make another tackle. I mean, can we talk well, about he that? He didn't make any tackles, so. Well, well, he did, except that he got pushed every single time, five yards, you know, forward, right? There was I that mean, one play. I can't remember what quarter it was in. I want to say it was like in the third quarter or something, but yeah, Debo Samuel literally him carried down, him for like seven yards. It was really embarrassing. Um, can we just get a linebacker? I know we have Von Miller, but like someone in the middle. Someone that could, you know, play some coverage, make some tackles. If we could do By that, the way, that'd be great. Um, I'm gonna call Raheem Morris and be like, Coach, listen, you've done absolutely wonderful. You've done a great job. Can we please not have Von Miller standing up in a stance three, four yards off the line of scrimmage, please? Can we actually have him up on the tackle? trying to get the quarterback? Because by the time the ball is snapped, he has to run an extra three, four yards to get to the tackle. I don't care about schemes when it comes to this particular player. This is not why you got him there. Okay, can we please, you know, I, I don't want to see this in the Super Bowl. Please, stop this. Von Miller is a pass rusher. Get his ass up there. Make him make him change the game. Don't put him three, four yards, and then, then the ball is snapped, and then he has to waste an extra second trying to get up the field. Yeah. Um, also, while I'm on the subject of kind of unsung heroes, we have to give Kendall Bland some shine. Uh, this, for me, when I think about this game five, ten years from now, I'm going to probably the first name that's going to come to mind is going to be Kendall Bland because and that was another guy that had done nothing all season. And I even looked into this. Kendall Bland never had more than four catches in, in a game in Missouri in, in college. And then he got five catches for 57 yards in the game on Sunday. His career high for yards in college was 62. So the guy in college didn't really do a whole lot. And then in the NFL, he hasn't done anything. And he comes into this game on this stage and shows up. Doesn't commit any egregious penalties. Doesn't have any drops. Catches the balls that go his way. Um, what a phenomenal performance in that moment from Kendall Blanton. Uh, I, I don't think we can say enough about what he did in that moment. That was a hell of a performance for a guy that, you know, you can't expect that for a third string or fourth string tight end, uh, but he did. So hell of a job by Kendall Blanton. Um, right now, the initial word on Higby is his MCL is sprained and he should be good to go for the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, we'll see. Uh, we got time. But if he's not able to go, I at least feel okay about having Kendall Blanton. I don't feel like we're screwed in any kind of way or our offense is going to severely suffer. Uh, based on what he did on Sunday, I'm totally comfortable with being like, okay, man, one game, let's see what you got. I believe in you. 
So what a performance by Kendall Bland. I just feel like he had to get some shine there. Um, obviously, stars of the game. Got to go offense here. Stafford, 31 for 45, 337 yards, two touchdowns. Odell Beckham, nine catches, 113 yards. Cooper Cup, 11 catches, 142 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, I I, uh, I still can't believe we have Odell. I'm, I'm super happy that we do. It kind of seems like um, a weird dream or something because I still don't know <laughs> how we got him and how he was just kind of cast aside. But, man, I'm glad that we got him. Um, it's okay. kind of... <laughs> it's kind of crazy because um, that was the first time all season that the Rams had two players with 100 receiving yards. Uh, that mm-hmm. hadn't happened all year. And the last time yeah. that the Rams did it in the playoffs was the 2004 wild card when Torrey Holt and Kevin Curtis did it. So it had been Kevin a minute. Curtis. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. What a name, right? Um, <laughs> oh my God. And then, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, also, Good for OBJ. He's uh, obviously working on an incentive-laden deal, which it worked out great for him on Sunday because he earned another 750K. And we're back after another technical difficulty, but you can't keep us down that easy. Uh, So what we were talking about was, uh, Eric Manny was talking about Vaughn Miller and and keeping him on the line. I think that's probably where it dropped. But um, one thing that I did want to bring up i thought this was an interesting scenario that i had in my head because i don't know how the rams keep both von miller and obj i don't see how that happens so i was going to ask you guys if next season you are faced with the question of you can only keep one do you keep von miller or do you keep obj i'm curious what you guys would say Aaron, you want to go first since we don't know if you'll be back in five minutes? Yeah. (laughs) That's a tough question. Um, All right. I would – I feel like the receiving core is already pretty strong with Cup, Woods, and I I don't think Jefferson's that bad. Uh, However, I feel like Von Miller might be starting to approach, um, you know, he's past his prime kind of situation. Ooh, I would say keep keep uh, Beckham. I would okay. go with keeping OBJ, OBJ, and then you would have a killer receiving core with Cup, Woods, Beckham Jr. Uh, and then yeah, Von Miller. I mean, draft a goddamn linebacker. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> draft Manny, a Manny, which one would you keep if it was up to you? Man, I'm going to go with Aaron on this one. And when you asked this question, I said OBJ right away. His relationship right now with Matthew Stafford is second to none. You need another, you need at least a second weapon on this offense. Matthew Stafford is going to come back next season, right? Who knows if we win or not, you know, this whole big game that's happening. But um, with Matthew coming back and the relationship that you're seeing that him and OBJ are creating, there's no way in heck I'm letting OBJ walk. Nothing against Von Miller. Um, but I'm sure he's going to want like a one year, you know, or maybe a one year um, contract plus an option somewhere. I mean, if we have enough, if he wants to stay on the team to win and he'll play at a vet minimum or something like that, obviously, hey, I'm not going to say no. But to me, OBJ is very crucial to this offense, especially next season with Matthew Stafford coming back or hopefully he comes back. Right. Because we all heard the news this afternoon that Tom Brady's out. Right. Where is Aaron Rodgers going to go? Shit, he might go to the AFC. 
the NFC is going to be wide open, boys. <laughs> OBJ yeah. has to stay on this team, man. Especially I, um, if the Rams are going to make another run at this, which I do think they will. Because to me, one Super Bowl will not be enough to do everything that they've done, especially giving up all these first-round picks. I'm going to make it three for three across the board. If, if it was up to me, I would keep OBJ because, like you said, the offense is just clicking with him. And if you can have an offense with Woods, Cup, Higby, and OBJ, and you have uh, a decent running back in Cam Akers, then yeah, I, I think you do that. I think that's the move. So we'll see where it goes. I don't know if they can even keep both of them, but if we can only keep one, I would definitely say let's keep OBJ. Uh, a couple oh, yeah. nuggets. And, and, and also, I'm with Aaron. Draft a damn linebacker, man, and stop waiting to the six, seven round to pick players that are not in Power 5 conferences. Please, thank you. Well, I feel like like if you keep OBJ, you already got your receivers, you got a running back, you got a quarterback, you already have Tyler Higby tight end. If you're able to keep everybody, now go draft some more defensive players. I mean, but in all honesty as well, Aaron, I I think I need another lineman as well. I mean, I don't know if Witt can stand anymore. I mean, yeah. Because Stafford's going to need a left tackle. (laughs) Well, yeah, Noteboom has shown some promise, so we'll see. Yes, I don't know yes, if they're going to go yes. with him long term or not. I don't know. But yes. uh, a couple nuggets that I wanted to pass along because I'm a big Nuggets guy, and then we'll kind of wrap up and get out of here. I do think it's worth mentioning that Kyle Shanahan is a uh, very good coach. However, comma, um, he's going to have this reputation now of being, I don't want to say a choke artist, but he doesn't do everyone well knows least. what happened. <laughs> Everyone knows what happened against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They had that lead, 28 oh, to 3. Nick, Nick, but he wasn't the head coach. I know, but it was his offense. <laughs> I was. And they got outscored 19 to nothing. And then 2019 against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, they had a lead. And then what happened? They got outscored 21 to nothing. And then on Sunday, the 49ers had the lead. And then what happened? The Rams scored 13 unanswered points. So if you look at those three games, uh, two of them, or sorry, all three, or sorry, two out of three were in the Super Bowl, and then we had an NFC Championship game in there. That's 53 unanswered points against Kyle Shanahan teams. So at some point, he's going to have to answer for that. Uh, that's that's a problem. If you're a 49er fan, uh, that's that's got to be something that bothers you or kind of worries you because what's the point in making the postseason – making it to the Super Bowl, and then you never do anything, right? Because at that point, you can make the argument you're no different than the Jaguars. So that's something that, hey, as a Rams fan, I'm cool with. You can beat us in the regular season, but if you're going to lose in the playoffs, I'm all for it. Um, Matt Stafford was pressured on a season-high 38.3% of his dropbacks, despite the 49ers only blitzing six times. That's a problem. Not good. But silver lining, when Stafford isn't under pressure, uh, especially in this game, he was 24 of 29 for 254 yards and two touchdowns. So if Stafford has a clean pocket, give him a little bit of time. He's been in money. So let's keep that rolling. Uh, this blew my mind when I saw this. Uh, Eric Weddle, the guy who was retired to start the month of January, played every single snap in the game on Sunday, and and he led the team in tackles. That's kind of miraculous. And uh, kind of bad because you probably shouldn't have a safety leading your team in tackles, especially the guy that was retired uh, four weeks ago. But amazing. Um, 
to get that <laughs> to get that out of a guy that was retired for a couple seasons. Um, wow, maybe we are a team of destiny. I don't know. That's crazy. Um, the Bengals are the fourth seed in the AFC. The Rams are the fourth seed in the NFC. This is the first time in Super Bowl history that both teams are the fourth seed or lower. Pretty crazy. Um, Joe Burrow and uh, Matt Stafford, for only the second time ever, two former number one overall picks are going to face each other in the Super Bowl. The only other time that happened was Peyton Manning and Cam Newton in 2016. And we all know how that went. Um, I thought this was <laughs> I thought this was pretty good. Um, the Rams have more Super Bowl appearances in the last four years than they had winning seasons from 2002 to 2016. Just kind of let that sink in. More Super Bowl appearances, which is two in the last four years, than the team had winning seasons from 2002 to 2016. That is a lot of mediocrity and bad football. That's that's pretty bad. Um, but hey, we're on the other side of it. We're here now. We're good. We're in the Super Bowl, and uh, I think we're all really excited. Um, next week's episode, like I said, we'll kind of do like a, a full blown breakdown. But man, what a season! What a team! A lot of good stuff to look forward to. Enjoy this time because you never know. Like. The Buccaneers were the Super Bowl champions last year. Great team again this year. And they're out of the playoffs and their Super Bowl, or sorry, their quarterback just retired. And now the team is kind of in shambles. So you never know how quickly these things are going to fade. And Manny will tell you that too as an Eagles fan ever since their Super Bowl victory. They haven't, <laughs> done, they haven't done anything since. So yeah. enjoy it while I you can. I signed my waiver uh, when we won. Um, I actually looked at a Cowboys fan, and I said, listen, all I want is one. If I get this one, I'll never complain again, man. And I've been complaining ever since. <laughs> yeah, it's it's intoxicating, man. When you get to the top of the mountain, you want to stay there. So just uh, if you're a fan, enjoy this time. Soak it up, especially as a Rams fan, because no one really gives us any credit. Um, everyone kind of talks down on us because we're the Rams and we're the, the new thing in L.A. and they have the Lakers and the Dodgers and, you know, no one really gives us any, any credit, but Hey man, if you're a Rams fan, enjoy this time, soak it up, let everyone know that you're the best team in the NFC um, and have fun. This is, this is going to be a good couple weeks. And I think it's going to be a good Super Bowl for Rams fans. Um, another note, since we're on Cowboys fans that I saw that I thought was, was just great. I, I couldn't let this not go on our, on the podcast. The Bengals have won as many playoff games this month alone as the Dallas Cowboys have won in the last 25 years. That, uh, why are they still called America's team? I, I, you tell me, dude. I, I don't know. I, but <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. And of all teams, the Bengals, who I never thought in my lifetime that I would even see them sniff a Super Bowl, they have more playoff games or they've won more playoff games this month than the Cowboys have won in the last 25 years. That is crazy to me. That's crazy. So um, what a, a hell of a postseason. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, we appreciate you guys listening as always. And like Manny said earlier, uh, give us a follow on Twitter. Manny does a phenomenal job with our Twitter account. Definitely worth a follow. Um and uh, we also have our, I think our Twitter handles are on there as well. So if you guys want to reach out to us or anything like that, 
do that too, by all means. Uh, we're always down to talk football. So uh, thanks as for listening, as always. And we will come to you guys next week with a Super Bowl preview.